You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Mock Draft Monday. Going to do things a little bit different today. The beast has been released. That is Dane Brugler of the Athletics Draft Guide. And is termed the beast because it's, I think, 267 pages worth of draft analysis. I am going to use Dane Brugler's beast as my guide. Not going to use one of those simulators, draft simulators, to do my mock draft today. It's a seven-round 49ers mock draft. I'm going to use Brugler's guide as if all 32 teams in the league are going from very similar rankings, how Dane Brugler sees it, and I'll see how the draft plays out using the beast as my guide. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Got some good stuff coming up later in the week as well. Of course, another Winky Wednesday. And Tuesday, my guest, Ben Solak of both Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Network. He's been charting quarterbacks, has some fantastic information when it comes to the passers at the top of the 2021 draft and how they might fit with the 49ers and who is the best fit, who is the best prospect in the end that the Niners could select at three. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me and drop those mailbag questions. I'll get to some today. Maybe try to get in some emails as well. Locked on 49ers at Gmail. But Twitter at BD Peacock is always the best place to catch me. Let's see. A quick bit of news before we get to that mock draft. And uh, Adam Schefter walking back his comments a little bit. I am not surprised. I am not shocked by these developments that maybe the 49ers aren't quite as locked into Mac Jones as has been reported before, Schefter on with Matt Miyoko, uh, NBC Sports, saying that I think they like all three, talking about Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, say the Niners are keeping an open mind on the draft quarterbacks, and those evaluations are incomplete. I think the 49ers know. I think it's not Mac Jones, but, uh, you know, when Schefter was so adamant about it, it sounded like it was a done deal a week ago, and 49ers fans freaked out, just got to let this process play out because Schefter doesn't know because the Niners aren't telling anybody. I think that's what it tells me anyway. Uh, real quick news about Ronald Blair. Talked last week that the Niners were uh, looking at Blair and potentially bringing him back in, and now that is official. The 49ers are re-signing Ronald Blair and bringing him back and liked what they saw post-ACL for him. And hopefully, you know, it's been a couple of banged-up seasons for Ronald Blair. Hopefully, he can get back on the field and replace some of that pr- production that Kerry Hyder left that Kerry Hyder was replacing Ronald Blair's production in the first place, right? So hopefully Ronald Blair can be Ronald Blair again. That would be fantastic for the 49ers and provide some depth there on the defensive line. They might draft some depth on the defensive line as well in my mock draft and in the real thing in just a few short weeks. Well, there's not very many mock draft Mondays left here on Locked On 49ers. We're getting pretty close to this thing, and you're going to want to check out our network-wide Ultimate mock draft that is coming very soon, working hard behind the scenes, putting that together. Me and Matt Williamson, the co-host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, are also hosting this massive ultimate mock draft. Uh, Network-wide, all the hosts making picks for their teams, the college guys doing their analysis with all of the picks, the draft people involved, our friends at Odyssey involved as well. We're going to have the playmaker, Michael Irvin. We're going to have analysts like Michael Lombardi and... 
Jason Locke and Fora in on this thing. It's going to be massive. It's always the biggest event all year long here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always fun to be a part of, and that is coming at you starting April 19th right here on the network. And there's going to be a special feed, so go look for it, the Ultimate Mock Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Let's mock it up, though, right now using The Beast from Dane Brugler. Always a must-read draft publication every year. Dane Brugler's been doing good work for a while now. He's at The Athletic, and if you're a member of The Athletic, you got to go find this and download this monster. It's called The Beast for a reason. And uh, he's got write-ups on every prospect and every position ranking you could imagine there. And it's always fun to see how someone who's done this for a long time ranks things and how it's different from other folks. And uh, obviously, if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, you're already getting the fantastic Matt Barrows and David Lombardi, 49ers coverage, national football coverage, all the other sports. It's, it's, It's a fantastic value just because you're getting so much great information at the athletic, including the beast. So let's start with the beast, and it starts at the top with the 49ers number three overall pick. And since I'm using Dane Brugler's advice, as are the rest of the teams in the NFL here, he's got Trey Lance one spot ahead of Justin Fields as the number three quarterback in this draft. So assuming it's Trevor Lawrence one and Zach Wilson two, his third quarterback, one spot on his top 100 and one spot in his quarterback rankings ahead of Justin Fields, two spots ahead of uh, Mac Jones in his quarterback rankings in about, uh, what, 15 spots ahead of, or even more than that, Mac Jones is, what, 25 on his top 100 overall prospects. Trey Lance, seven overall, number three quarterback. So the 49ers here are going to go with Brugler's advice and take Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, number three overall. We know it's a quarterback. It's either Jones or Lance or Fields. I would normally be leaning towards Fields here. We're going to take the Brugler ranking of Trey Lance and high upside player. I love the height, weight, speed. I love seeing him operate. I think a lot was put on his plate. I like everything I see from Trey Lance. The problem is the things I see from Trey Lance are from way back in 2019. Played one game in 2020. Uh, By the time, you know, and conventional wisdom is he supposed to sit for a year. But the thing is, is, it's odd that Everybody says he needs to sit for a year when the thing he needs is playing time. It's the one thing he's lacking as a prospect, right? So that's really tough for me to wrap my brain around moving all the way up to number three for a guy who played one season of one double A football. And when he's quote unquote ready to go, let's say September 2022, that will mean it's been two and a half calendar years. Think about that. September 22, he will be playing a football game when he's only played one game dating back to December of 2019. So that that's just tough and a lot of projection involved with Trey Lance. And I get there's a ton to like, and I really liked Trey Lance for the 49ers when I thought he was going to maybe slip down to that area where they could snag him around that original number 12 pick. Going all the way up to number three feels like a lot with so much projection involved, but it is a high upside swing for the fences move. Niners taking Trey Lance out of North Dakota State here in pick three. So quarterback down. And that's the way it's going to go for the 49ers. There's not going to be any surprises about the position. I've seen people throw the you know idea, yeah, you draft Kyle Pitts, best non-quarterback in the draft. You didn't trade up for Kyle Pitts. You didn't trade up for anybody but a quarterback. We all know that. That's what's happening here. It's going to be one of those quarterbacks. But what else do the 49ers need? Where do need and value start to meet up when it comes to the NFL draft? Corner, I think, is still huge for the 49ers, both present 
and especially future for this team where uh, they've got a starter that's on a one-year deal that's had the injury history that Jason Verrett has had. There is Kwan Williams on a one-year deal playing in the slot. He's had his own injury issues as well. And then you have a guy who was an undrafted free agent who was a restricted free agent this offseason and was tendered or was re-signed basically for two years. So he, he's on a two-year deal, but uh, he's also been sort of up and down for the 49ers and started a lot of games. But do they want to go above him with potentially a prospect and they're definitely going to need some more players in 2022 one guy gets hurt and now you're down to Dante Johnson starting on the outside or in the slot if you're the 49ers so corner is still a massive need even though the 49ers haven't really seemed all that interested in spending a ton of resources on corner the highest pick has been Akella Witherspoon a third rounder in 2017 they did spend some money on the free agent market in Richard Sherman but aside from that everything's been off the scrap heap League minimum, like, let's see if Jason Verrett's got anything left after all of his injuries. They picked him up off the street before last season, or two seasons ago, and then he didn't do anything in the first year and, and was still hurt again. So last year's kind of came, was free money. It came out of nowhere. And I mentioned how the other starting outside corner right now, if you're projecting it, was an undrafted free agent that beat out that third-round pick. So not a lot of resources spent, and the 49ers have clearly valued defensive front and defensive line over their corners and even spent more resources and money on safeties than they have so far than corners. Is that going to change or is that just going to continue to be the organizational philosophy? So we'll go into round two here looking at corners. I think knowing the 49ers, they're going to be looking at pass rushers and knowing all the injuries they've had up front. I think that's smart looking forward to continue to build some depth up front. Go get after those opposing quarterbacks Offensive line, both interior and tackle, wide receivers, tall, short, slot, outside, downfield. Number of ways the board could fall for the 49ers here in this mock draft. Next, I will finish my own personal mock draft using the Beast coming up. Looking at the latest NFL draft props released at betonline.ag. My opinion would be wise to get in on this uh, Justin Fields action at the third overall selection. Mac Jones favored there, no surprise. Trey Lance, actually even better action for that pick three, if you think the Niners could go in that direction. First defensive player selected, Patrick Sertan. But you could get some better odds on Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, J.C. Horn, Micah Parsons, maybe. Could Rashawn Slater usurp Penny Sewell and become the first offensive lineman selection? What about running backs and wide receivers? You can find those props and more over-unders when all these prospects will be selected at betonline.ag major league baseball nba nhl real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine go to the website now use promo code locked on to sign up and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts so trey lance the selection for the 49ers in this mock draft going off of dane brugler's East at theathletic.com of a draft guide. And that means the 49ers are now on the clock in the second round at pick 43. I'm not going to project any trades in this mock draft because I think it's fun to have zero trades. You're forced into positions and thinking about how the draft's going to go. You never know what team's ready to dance, moving up or moving down. And that can inform the, the trades you make later. And I will have some more mocks while I do some trades. But in this one, I'm not going to because I just want to see how this looks working off this draft board. And for the 49ers at 43, now there's 
the top five corners off the board. And I think it'll be pretty clear that four will be gone. And this could actually be a nice spot for the 49ers to draft a really good corner in this class. Going by Brugler's rankings, he's got Patrick Sertan as the first corner. J.C. Horn, not far behind him, both top 15 players in this class. Then Greg Newsom as the third corner in the class, 18th overall out of Northwestern. And I think there's a really good chance they do go in an order very close to that at the top. I think one of the guys who would have been up there at the top who is now not going to be because of the injuries and some questions is Caleb Farley. And that's pushed him down to 30 overall here as the fourth corner. Now, that would be nice if the 49ers were in range to either draft Farley or maybe move up a little bit to get him at the end of round one, the beginning of round two. But then again, you think about the injury history of what the 49ers have done and drafting a player who's hurt, even if the, the recovery time puts him you know, in front of training camp to be ready to go and have a rookie season and high-level traits and athleticism from Caleb Farley, length, can break on the ball like nobody's business. Just super high-level traits and athleticism from Caleb, Caleb Farley at corner. And really great production in 2019. Did not play in 2020. Would the 49ers spend the resources to trade up to get him? Now, if he falls in your lap at 43, maybe there's even bad medicals out there because I don't think he should even get that far. So I think it's very unlikely that Caleb Farley would end up a 49er for those multiple reasons. Asante Samuel at 42 here. Uh, I'm just going to say he's off the board since he's one spot ahead of where the 49ers would be picking at 43. But there's a group of corners that are interesting for the Niners that I think they will be scouting heavily and thinking about. And two of them are from Georgia. Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. Very close. There's their cornerbacks. Um, and actually, uh, Kelvin Joseph right in between the two of them. So there's one player separating them. So this is like, what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six corners in about 10 spots in his overall Top 100 big board here. And they're all very interesting for different reasons. I like the Georgia corners because of their athleticism and length. And I think they would fit it right in and maybe not have to start them right away. Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. And most people have Stokes just a little bit ahead of Campbell. I think they're really darn close for me. Kelvin Joseph, again, another high-level athlete out of Kentucky. Some questions off the field there. Um, I don't know how teams exactly are going to feel about him. And then Elijah Molden is actually the highest rated corner left, but he's a slot guy. Would the 49ers go with the slot corner ahead of some of the longer outside cornerbacks in this class? Elijah Molden, very similar style of player to what the 49ers have in Kwan Williams. So that would be a nice, easy transition next year after Molden's rookie year. Put him in. Corner out of Washington, 5'9 something, you know, 190 pounds, 180 something pounds. Not the biggest guy, but he's tough and he will support the run and he will cover you. And he's, you know, I think the type of player that coaches are going to love when they see his tape. But again, pick 43, high in the second round, slot corner, like a, a full time slot corner. Would that be the pick? I would think the Niners would want to go outside. Then there's the X factor in this classic corner, who again, these guys are all within 10 total spots on the top 100 i'm not just saying these guys are that close with cornerback ratings these guys are that close overall like flip a coin with these guys as far as the rankings go here between 45 and, and 55 essentially and fatu melifonwu the 49ers already have his brother obi melifonwu who was an athletic freak coming out of yukon a couple of years ago on the roster signed him to a futures contract would they draft little brother in the second round who's even bigger than those guys we mentioned but again a big time athlete 
Some people project him to corner. I think he'd fit really nicely with what the 49ers do on defense. Another question here is, how much man, how much zone are they going to be playing under D'Amico Ryans? And we just don't know those things. Don't have any answers there for that. So, all that being said, and I'll, I mean, I don't want to say that the 49ers have to go corner here, but here's the other thing is, this is kind of that next tier of corner sweet spot. Because if they wait, the 49ers don't pick again until 102. And again, this could it's where some trades could happen. Maybe move down a little bit, see which one of those guys is still there. Maybe move up. Maybe get a different position here, move up from 102 to draft a corner that you like. Paulson Nadebo from Stanford. He's the 12th cornerback on the list, and he's ranked at 76. So th- there could literally be 10 corners that go off the board between the 49ers' second and third round draft picks. There's going to be a run setting up here. So that's the tough decision for me is what player to go with at corner if the 49ers want to go corner there. Or since there's so many, do you play the waiting game and see if you can get a corner in round three, if you like enough of them, and the 49ers haven't been pulling the trigger on corners high in the draft. Is that an organizational philosophy that they'll continue and they'll decide to go with one of the pass rushers that could be here or maybe a wide receiver, someone like Elijah Moore, who's a dynamic slot-type receiver out of Ole Miss. Uh, He's actually above these. He's above 43, so he'd be off the board for me here. How about Deami Brown? A dynamic down the field threat. He's ranked right in here with these corners, and he would be a nice fit for the 49ers on the outside. If you get one of these big, strong arm quarterbacks, Justin Fields, slinging it 60 yards down the field to a guy who can get open deep and have that kind of speed, ooh, that'd be fun. And that's an element the 49ers don't have. Does Kyle Shanahan even want one of those? Because he's never really drafted one of those types of wide receivers. So a lot of questions here of which way to go, but to me, you got to go corner because there's not going to be that obvious starting caliber corner there at, at pick 102, even though there might be still a nice player. And who knows, double up at corner. The 49ers have the need, and they they are going to, I would have no problem. And in fact, I would probably target multiple cornerbacks in this class if I'm drafting for the 49ers for both depth and future need at the position. And it takes rookies time. You don't get to just plug everybody in, and they're big-time starters from day one. We know that from draft history, right? So, that's a lot of talking to say, who are we taking here at cornerback? I'm definitely taking a cornerback, and I'm just going to hone in here on the outside corners. I'm going to bypass, even though I like him a lot, Elijah Molden. I like Creed Humphrey, the center that could be in this range. Quinn Miners, the center of the small school variety that I would like for the 49ers here. A couple of offensive linemen, some wide receivers I mentioned. Going to bypass all that. Going to go corner. I think it's too big of a need, and you can't play around. Comes down to Stokes, Joseph, Tyson Campbell. Let's go Eric Stokes. Let's bet on the high level speed, the 4-2 speed from Eric Stokes. He doesn't always play to that speed, but I think the 49ers do like that in their defensive backs, like the guys that can just flat out fly. So I could see that being the pick, and he's the highest ranked of these outside type corners here overall from Dane Brugler's beast. So Eric Stokes, that's the pick at pick 43 for me in this mock draft. Pick 102 in round three, and I'm going to hurry these up a little bit. One of the ideas of passing on wide receiver and passing on a pass rusher in the second round is that I don't think there's nearly the drop from round two to round three, even though there's 60 selections in between the Niners' early second and late third round picks in this draft. Wide receiver is a deep position, and it's not as precipitous of a drop, and you could find a good wide receiver potentially in round three. You could find, you know, a uh, uh, 
one of the pass rushers that's going to be there in the second round is going to have, you know, some glaring fault. And I think you're still going to find that in, you know, maybe even a, a second fault, but you're still going to find those faults in these third round players and second day players. And I think it's just a lot easier to pick a wide receiver out here. And if you're going one dimensional at uh, the defensive line, you can still find a one dimension, whether it's a big body type of rusher or more of a speed rusher later in the draft, because uh, probably by 43, that run on pass rushers will most likely be gone judging by the rankings from Dane Brugler here. So uh, let's hone in on wide receivers and a couple of pass rushers and a couple of offensive linemen, see which player we like, and maybe even get two of them here at picks 102 and then early again in fourth round at pick 117, 15 slots apart. The candidates at wide receiver, 2-2 Atwell, 5'8", only 155 pounds. I mean, he blazes 4'3", with short arms, small hands, little guy, feels very gadgety. I think it's too high for somebody like that in this range when there's some gadgety really dynamic players later in this draft. I mean there's just a million slot type wide receivers in this class. Semi Fahoko though the opposite big body wide receiver from Stanford redshirt sophomore but he uh, ran he had a, a Mormon mission earlier before his college career so he's an overage prospect but only played a couple years at Stanford but height weight speed I mean this is what you want to swing on six just under six four 222 pounds four four in the 40 yard dash big hands long arms you know those types of things so you can see it a little bit it's still a little bit raw despite being a, an overaged 23 and a half year old prospect compared to some of these really young players so an interesting that's an interesting one for me here. And if I go wide receiver, I think might lean in that direction just because the lack of bigger bodied receivers in this class in Simi Fihoko from, Fehoko is how you pronounce it, from Stanford. Kay Johnson, small school guy, South Dakota State, 5'10", 184. Solid, not spectacular. Maybe wait on him, in my opinion. Shai Smith out of South Carolina. I, love, I know the Niners like to go to South Carolina. Slot player, 4'3", or 4'4'3 speed. 5'9 uh, and a half, 186 pounds. If you miss on players earlier in the draft like Elijah Moore and Amari Rogers, more slot types that would be gone in this scenario. Maybe Shai Smith from South Carolina would be your pick in the third or fourth round. I think I'm going to wait on these wide receivers, though, and see if uh, maybe you pick up one of those in the fourth round, and I'm going to go over to edge rushers. The usual names as pass rushers in this class, and a lot of undersized guys, or maybe you're missing something. Quincy Roche from Miami, 6'2 and a half, 245, was at Temple, put up a bunch of stats, not as dynamic when he moved up in competition there. At Miami, Patrick Jones, always in this range out of Pittsburgh, 6'4, 260, brings a little bit more power, but kind of straight line ish. But I have a feeling Patrick Jones is an interesting name for. Chris Kosarek, the defensive line coach, because I think he likes those guys that maybe just come at you straight ahead and he puts you out in the wide nine and points you at the quarterback and says, go play the run on the way to the quarterback and, and bring a little heat. And maybe if you don't have a ton of bend around the edge, that's okay. So Patrick Jones, an interesting one here for me in this third, fourth round range. And with the third round pick, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go ahead and take an interior offensive lineman here, a center specifically with guard versatility in Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Perfect fit for the wide zone scheme. Center of the future could compete at guard, maybe open up Daniel Brunskill to back up the tackle positions, or if you need to shuffle things around because of injury, it would really help the 49ers and give you a future center long-term. And uh, according to Brugler's sheet, he says Green won't be an ideal fit for everyone, but he has the movement skills, range, and body control ideal for zone-based offense. He projects as a potential starter at any of the three interior line positions. Well, guess what? Guess who has a need at the interior offensive line and runs a wide zone scheme? 
That is Kyle Shanahan's San Francisco 49ers. Not the biggest guy, but ran a 488 at 305 pounds, only about 6'2", but he'll put guys on his back. Really like some of the stuff I'm seeing from Kendrick Green. Solid scheme fit there. And Drew Dahlman, Chris Dahlman's kid, former 49ers, another name, and he's actually in this third or fourth round range for Brugler. That's the highest I've seen. I was thinking maybe going into this thing, Drew Dahlman was a name to put late in round uh, or day three, fifth, sixth, seventh round range. But Brugger likes him a lot more than that. It's a name that's kind of gone under the radar for those zone offenses as well. We'll finish up day three next. Do you want 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up and I'll tell you how you can get a tasty treat, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, I'm staring at a box of Built Bars that I built myself. You can mix and match three flavors. I love the peanut butter. I also wanted to try some other flavors, so I went with toffee almond and one of the six new flavors, cookies and cream. 130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor. 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate. Not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. So get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Okay, now that rounds one, two, three have set up there, Trey Lance, quarterback round one, Eric Stokes corner from Georgia round two, and round three, Kendrick Green center guard from Illinois. That sets us up for what positions we still need here and some depth at wide receiver, pass rusher, corner, and some other positions we can have some fun with here with these remaining six picks on day three, three fifth rounders. So round four, got to clean up the wide receiver position, go with the slot guy. I know Kyle Shanahan loves his slots, even though it sometimes makes me shake my head a little bit with my own rules here. Semi Fajoko, his ranking is a little too high for him to go here, although this would be a spot to get a bigger body wide receiver if Fajoko was still around but Kyle Shanahan loves his slot receivers I think Debo and Ayuk and a bunch of other guys in the roster could play in the slot so you should be looking for some dynamic down the field guys but uh, Shai Smith does have speed out of South Carolina going back to the well this is definitely a projection pick going to South Carolina getting your slot receiver who's competitive 5'9 186 pounds 443 speed just another one of those many slot type wide receivers in this class Shai Smith out of South Carolina According to Brugler, Smith needs to be more consistent as a finisher and rhythmic in his patterns, but his outstanding play speed and competitive toughness with the my ball attitude required for slot work projects as an immediate NFL contributor on offense and special teams. And special teams should not go overlooked here with any of these selections. And in round five, I do have some special teams ability as well, but I'm going back to corner first with Benjamin St. Juiced out of Minnesota, still there just because of his long speed. Really sort of a Richard Sherman sort of a profile for this guy. He's played a lot of football, played at a high level, length, speed, competitiveness, and projects as your classic press man corner with developmental traits, according to Dane Brugler. Like what I've seen from here, pretty good feet for a longer 6'2 type cornerback, but you know, ran just a 4'5'2, I think, in his pro day, which makes you think ah, a little bit slow. I think he is going to be here in this fifth round range, even though I've seen him go as high as round three in some mock drafts. Here's a project and a high upside player in round five for me, Ellerson Smith, defensive end from Northern Iowa, sort of an outside linebacker hybrid 
pass rusher off the edge. Needs to continue to grow. He's only 190 pounds not that long ago, but 6'6", long arms, 252 pounds, ran 4.7 at his pro day, 41-inch vertical. So he's got the athleticism, had the stats to back it up, 14 sacks as a junior in 2019 at Northern Iowa, opted out of 2020. But good week at the Senior Bowl, has that athleticism, tools to work with someone who is a draft and develop player that can play behind some of the other guys they have and hopefully develop into that uh, speed edge rusher with length off the edge and develop more strength. And Brugler adds that even some teams are excited are uh, intrigued with his length and athleticism at tight end potentially. So total project there, but has some production to go with it at the smaller school, Northern Iowa level. Ellerson Smith in round five, finishing it up with another project here in round five, Jacob Harris, tight end from Central Florida. 6'5", eh, call him a wide receiver, call him a tight end, call him whatever you want. 6'5", 219 pounds, ran a 4'4 flat, 40-inch vertical, and get this, at 6'5", a 6.513 cone drill, which is blazing. Kyle Shanahan loves his three cones too, by the way. I don't even know if I trust those numbers because that's a ridiculous three cone for someone that big. But a developmental tight end, wide receiver slash tight end, but I'm looking at a move tight end. Get him up to that 230 round range and maybe he can do some of the things that Kyle Shanahan was hoping that Jalen Hurd would do if his career uh, continues in the path that it is going and not playing any football. But according to Dane Brugler, Harris faces obvious growing pains and is older than ideal for developmental prospects, but his blend of size and athleticism is rare, and his special team skills will keep him on an NFL roster as he develops. That's another key there. Get him on the field. Get him on your roster. He can be uh, a part of your special teams package. not as a returner, but, you know, cover guy. And uh, I think that's really important for these later round picks, and they earn a spot on your roster and give you some special teams value while they develop, in this case, as a tight end for Jacob Harris. And how about this one? Since Harris is actually a tight end, got the slot receiver there, we need some size, someone that can catch the ball down the field. How about Austin Watkins, wide receiver from UAB? And it's not because of his speed, you know, his average athleticism, four or five guy, but hands, ball skills, just that classic possession type of wide receiver at his size, 6'2", 210 pounds. Uh, I really like Austin Watkins, and there's just a number of wide receivers in this class, and if you get one, if you don't get one super early, maybe you get a couple, and maybe the 49ers just throw numbers at their wide receiver position and see what comes out, and Austin Watkins is a player I've liked that I've watched there just because of his ball skills. They need someone who can who can come down with that football, maybe has a little bit of size, and even though you don't have a ton of speed, that's not necessarily the number one thing. You know, Ball skill is really important for catching the ball down the football field and, and you know moving the sticks. By the way, speaking of the Senior Bowl, another player to look out for in this round five maybe even round six range, just because he ran a four, five, nine, and there's so many other slot receivers in this class. Demetric Felton, wide receiver out of UCLA, former running back, five, eight and a half, 189. You know, even at your pro day where these numbers are uh, a little bit skewed, I mean, that's four, six speed, might not go super high, might project into Kyle Shanahan's offense if you don't get a slot type receiver earlier, maybe like a Trent Taylor was and I think that'd be a nice fit for the 49ers so Demetric Felton another can fit him in here but another name to look out for for the 49ers on day three if they're looking for that slot type positionless football finish it up in round seven with a linebacker let's go back to the defense and a linebacker just looking for depth looking for a special teamer looking for that athleticism that the 49ers love in their linebackers going to Oklahoma State with Amen. Bogmabiga, 
We're just going to call him Amen because I'm not going to try to say that last name again. It's a mouthful, but the dude can fly 6'1", 230 pounds, ran a 4'6", 40. It just reminds me a lot of Dre Greenlaw coming out, and the 49ers could use some more depth at linebacker, maybe some special teams ability, which he has and has played a ton of. Love the scouting report here, and honestly, haven't watched a lot of them, but the speed and competitiveness and energy that he brings and plays a ton of special teams. That's the type of player that you're looking for in round seven that could potentially make your roster at linebacker coming out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada via Oklahoma state. So that is the mock draft here for me using the beast from Dane Brugler, a fantastic draft guide, Trey Lance, Eric Stokes, Kendrick Green, Shai Smith, Benjamin St. Juiced, Ellerson Smith, Jacob Harris, Austin Watkins, and amen. Ogbonga Miga tried to go some different directions than I have in some past mock drafts and see where things would take me here, having a little fun with this one. And I'll definitely have some more official, I'll have an official, official prediction mock draft, what I want to see happen coming closer to the draft. Let me know what you think at BD Peacock on Twitter. Got a good one tomorrow. Ben Solak of Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Network joining me to talk about his charting of the 2021 quarterback prospects, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, what did he learn in his research? That's tomorrow, right here, Locked On 49ers.